Good afternoon. This is Tricia Cherko. I am the Marketing and Communication Director for the Multiple Listing Service of Long Island. Okay, we service uh, real estate professionals in the Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Brooklyn area. And I'm here today to talk about how buyers can be better prepared when shopping for a home in a market like we have today that has low inventory. So it's very competitive out there. So buyers need to have all the advice uh, they can collect uh, to make sure that their offers are considered when they find the home of their dreams. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about why we have low inventory and what that means, and I'll speak a little bit to the numbers. Currently, according to the Multiple Listing Service of Long Island, their January 2017 report, we're off by almost 20% from the residential inventory levels that we reported the year prior. When I look back at the numbers from five years ago, what our inventory levels were, to what they are currently, we're down about 36%. And then when I travel back in time 10 years from today, I see that we're off by more than 40%. So as you can see, we are experiencing low levels of inventory that is available to our buyers. But what's interesting is it's not really related to a low amount of properties that are coming on the system and on the market. When I look at the monthly numbers of new listings that are coming on Long Island, Queens and the Brooklyn area, it's pretty much in line with what we've seen a year ago in January and the January before that. But what I really notice is, is the enormous amount of contracts that we've had just in 2016 alone. Um, the MLS reported almost 40,000 contracted sales. The number specifically was 39,183. This is unprecedented for the MLS. Um, the last two or three years, I find myself saying that at the end of every year, these numbers are unprecedented. So the market continues to be hot. So here today to offer some advice to these buyers is our current MLS president, Kevin Loyacano. Okay, and I'm going to turn the podcast over to him where he can speak about uh, some points that buyers can consider when shopping for a home in this market. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So Kevin, you want to tell um, the listeners um, what your experience has been in real estate and what would make you the expert to tell oh, sure. buyers what they should uh, be doing to prepare for their first uh, home purchase or their second or third. Oh, sure. Thanks. Um, well, I've been doing this since 1986. And in 1986, I came into the market I, at the very end of a boom. So I watched the market turn from from a, a buyer's market, uh, from a seller's market, I'm sorry, to a buyer's market where there was a lot of inventory and things were selling very, very slowly. And that was 
that was all through the late 80s and the 90s. And then at the end of the 90s, we had another real estate boom. We had like the mortgage boom. We were giving money away very easily. And everyone could buy a home or two or three. Mm-hmm. And inventory dropped quickly and people bought a lot of homes. And then at the end of that boom, we had another bit of a real estate downturn that was pretty epic. And we've watched that happen for a long time where inventory was very high yes. and homes weren't starting. There wasn't the demand that there is at the moment. And what we have now is actually a long overdue correction of the market. So we're seeing competition out there for homes. We're seeing inventory lower. We're seeing people get on with their lives and deciding not to rent. Young couples getting married, starting families, buying homes. Other people moving out of state. Yeah, so this is probably that pent up demand that uh, five or ten, for the last five or ten years, NAR has been predicting was going to be unleashed into the marketplace. And it certainly is. <laughs> so having said that and knowing there's so many uh, buyers ready to go, what, what would, be, the, what would uh, be a few things that you would be telling them as their realtor what they should be doing? We experience this every week at our office. And what we see is a lot of first-time buyers are not prepared for the market that they're about to enter. So we'll talk about being prepared. Yes, educate so, us. So the first thing is that you're, you're purchasing a home, you're, you really need to build your team. And a very key important member of your team is your realtor. Your realtor is your go-to person. That's the person who's going to respond to your request to see a home or find a home that just comes up on the market and they alert you to that house. So it's a, it's a fast finger on the text. It's a fast foot to the door. And it, it, there is a bit of a race out there. So you want, you want somebody in your, your pit team for that. So that's a, having a good realtor is a big plus. Great. And you have to find the realtor that you can work with. You want to, a lot of people search and they don't pick their realtor until they pick a house. So it's, it's quite often a very good thing to find a broker that you could work with. So that's, that's step one on your team. Second person, very key person on your team, and I can't stress this one enough, is your financial person, is your mortgage professional. You are most likely, unless you're paying cash, you're going to have a mortgage on the property that you purchase. And when you get that mortgage, they're gonna, they're gonna put you through some steps, put you through some hoops to get it. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people do is they wait until they have an accepted offer on a home to really dig into that information. And they, they might suffer some setbacks or they may lose out to a buyer who's more prepared than they were at that moment. So the thing that we would suggest is early in your process, develop a relationship with a mortgage professional that will help you get a better pre, pre-approval, pre, you know, pre-qualification for yourself. And that would include they've reviewed your credit and they've, they've maybe taken some steps to verify your income and they will if you allow them, and this is to your advantage, let start providing for them the paperwork that they're going to request from you if you do purchase a home, but before you purchase the home, so that they can get all of your ducks in a row, get everything squared away and say, by the way, this if we do this now, you may want to correct these one or two credit issues, or you may want to pay off this credit card or, or this, this particular thing to make yourself look better financially. You might qualify for more money that way. Okay. Oh, you, you keep saying credit, I hear credit, I hear credit. Okay. What, um, what would, from your ex- all these years' experience here, what have you seen with buyers? What, um, 
what a mor their mortgage person on their team might be telling them to do with their credit while they're preparing all of this financial stuff to get ready to make an offer. Right, and that, that's an excellent question, Tricia. You don't want to make any moves without counsel. So you might have a mortgage professional who tells you, you know what, you have these two credit cards, I want you to leave this one with your balance on it, maybe pay these two off so that you don't show as much reciprocating debt every month. That'll help increase your credit scores and make you look better. Then we don't want to necessarily exhaust all of your savings to pay off all of your debt. There's a formula that they will discuss with you because it's unique to you. It's unique to the buyer what you will need to qualify for the, for the best mortgage products that are out there for you. One of the things that I've heard um, also uh, buyers talk about is sometimes they're lucky enough to have a relative um, that's uh, willing to give them, while they're applying for the mortgage, the, the, the mortgage uh, banker is going to ask them, how much money do you have in savings? Mm -hmm. um, and you might say to them, well, now I have 5000 but uh, in next week I'm going to have 55000 because my grandmother is giving, me, uh, giving us a check of, for $50,000 towards the down payment. How would a buyer handle preparing for that on the financial side of, of getting ready to right. buy a home? That's nothing new. It's been going on for a long time. And you will need a gift letter. You will need a paper trail that shows where this money came from. And there might be some time factors that go into that. You definitely don't want to surprise your team at the last minute with that. So I would do that early in the process if you're getting money from mom, dad, or your aunt have your have your team aware of that but also maybe let them know it has to be earlier in the process rather than the day before closing so that they could verify where the money came from etc it becomes a it could be something that although it makes the process happen you don't want it to slow down the process either Right. Well, you mentioned the word down payment. Some people, of course, are fortunate enough to be shopping with all cash. So, you know, getting the financing and all of that wouldn't, uh, the tips wouldn't really apply. Uh, but what about the down payment? How, how, you know, how much or how, you know, what, what should buyers be doing in a tight market like this, in a seller's market, as far as the down payment goes? I guess the, the best answer to that is as much as you can do, and as much as you can do comfortably. But this, this again, this particular formula, formula will be unique to the buyer. So you, you may, with your team, look at how much savings you have, how much, you know, how leverageable you are, how much you can borrow, and where your expenses will be. So if you put 20% down on a home, you avoid certain extra costs called mortgage insurance, which will greatly reduce your payment but a considerable number of today's buyers do not have 20% down. So they'll be coming in with less than 20% down and that incurs a few fees. Okay. So you wanna be prepared and if you have more, if you have a substantial amount of money down, you don't have to give it all to the seller at contract signing. You may give a portion of your cash at contract signing to the seller, it'll be deposited in their attorney's escrow account. You'll have your mortgage and additional cash brought to the closing in the form of certified funds, et cetera. But in terms of how your down payment will work, we, I would try to always say to somebody, put the most down that you're comfortable putting down. It doesn't change your world to do so. And the, but there are programs out there, including FHA programs, that require very little money down. And they're very popular. And, you know, it, I guess it would make the higher the down payment, like you're suggesting, or, or, or the more amount of cash that a buyer is putting down, would obviously uh, make them a stronger candidate if mm -hmm. there were multiple 
offers, but uh, this, but you wouldn't suggest that someone coming in with an FHA uh, financing or a lower down payment would be uh, not considered, say, to purchase the home. It's just the overall strength of their financial. Yes. Uh, uh, so I'll give you a, a real life. Portfolio. A real life, for instance, is I might have a, an, a we're we're going to put a home up for sale in our office a house local to my office and the seller has placed it with our office for sale. And we might get in this in this particular market multiple offers on that home. And I might have one broker tell me my buyer is all cash and offer no supporting documentation even when asked for that. No proof that they're cash whatsoever. But I might have another broker who comes in and they says my buyer is five percent down. But here is all the pre qualification work that we did a letter from their mortgage representative with their phone number on them that you can call to have questions answered. If I met with my seller and said, we need to, I'll speak with this mortgage rep and see what they say, that's as strong a candidate in many instances as, as someone who could be all cash. So in the end, a qualified buyer is a qualified buyer. So that's why you want to execute that that process early and be ready. Yeah, I like that when you said in the beginning about forming this team. You know, it's serious business. You know, the average, the median price of a home is upward of four hundred, four hundred and fifty thousand dollars across Long sure, Island. Okay, right. uh, perhaps out in the east where your office is located, maybe it even skews even higher. So it's a pretty big deal. So forming that team, we we went over the realtor as being the mm -hmm. liaison and. and and having, uh, uh, giving you the access and, and having, uh, being the first point of contact when something new comes on the market and getting you in to see it. You've spoken about the, the mortgage and the financing end of things. Who else should be on this team? Well, your big players on your team that are with you for the duration of that process are the first two that we mentioned, and also your attorney. Once you, once you purchase a home, once you've said we've got an accepted offer on a house, there will be a few steps that you do before you get to contract, but your attorney will be handling the legal side of things for you. You're gonna receive a contract of sale from the sellers that needs to be reviewed and the language checked that you will be signing. So that's that's your contract. And maybe speaking with your attorney before, if you if you have a family member that says, I've liked this attorney, just reach out to them before you even find a home and see if they have any advice for you. If, if you're a realtor professional and they, if you ask a realtor, they will have multiple attorneys that they've worked with in the area that specialize in real estate, they can give you many names, and you can, you can make some phone calls and see which one fits with you best. They'll all be capable of doing the job, and sometimes it's a question of the fit. Other people that come through this process, and a person that's important one day, is gonna be if you have an engineer's report. An engineer will look over the property on your behalf. And this is one of those things that comes up that's a very, it's an anxiety moment, yes. the engineer's report. Yes. So let me just tell you what it really is, okay? It's, it's a checkup. It's a where do we stand? In this market, there, there's probably gonna be more than one buyer interested in the property. If you're making an offer, you most likely have competition. And if the home is 35 or 55 years old, it will have 35 and 55 year old house problems. They're natural. That if they, if they come up, don't let it scare you. Terrific, terrific. Um, there was another item on my list um, that was something that uh, you and I spoke to before we got on the podcast, and that was how a buyer could um, be flexible 
in uh, the, the closing date. Sometimes it gives them a slight advantage. Obviously, it doesn't it doesn't supersede the the financial strength of an of a buyer. Okay, over all others. But uh, what about closing dates and like oh, occupancy? You, you know, there's. I'll give you the big the big ones on closing date. Being flexible. If, you, if a buyer comes in and says, I want your house and this is our wedding date and we need to close on X date, they may lose it mm -hmm. because the seller's condo in Florida is not closing until such and such a date. So being flexible is important. Also in this market, if the house is, is hot, come in strong. So, so is, it, is it prudent for the buyer in, in a tight market like this to kind of say the office accepted and everyone agrees on the offer, on the price, um, and if the buyer isn't a cornered into a specific date, they may say whenever, the, the, and we're able to close whenever the seller wants to close. We're flexible with what meets right. the seller's needs at this point. Is that a smart thing it's, it's to a, do? It's a very smart thing. Okay. And in the negotiation process, process, Trish, you're not in contract until it's signed by yourself and the seller. So you're not in contract yet. So be flexible, be there. A lot of little details will come up later. So you might find out later, after your offer is accepted, that they have some special conditions they'd like you to meet. And here's a couple of things that may occur, and don't let them shock you. There's a foot race to the door when a new house comes out that's a good house, and you have competition. You will get in the door, your offer might be accepted right away. But after your offer is accepted, maybe the night before your engineer's report, they get higher offers. Be prepared for that. It's not uncommon. And if that does happen, then you have to make a decision. Am I ready to change my offer? Do, am I ready to walk away from this home? And that's where your team comes in. Your team will say, hey, it's getting, your realtor professional can tell you, you're really going more than what they've sold for before, but guess what? Value is what you're paying for this home. You're setting the value. And in an increasing market, in a rising market, yes. that number changes all the time. Overnight, almost. Overnight, so what, we've seen so, it. So, yeah, so you may end up paying more yes. than what uh, the, the comps may show the house is worth simply because of the demand over the weekend for that property and Easily. people want that home. And so what would the buyer, what happens when, when, when the house sells for more than what the market reports that the banks may be needing for mortgage purposes, uh, you know, show as far as the value? So simply put, what happens when the appraisal comes in too low? Yes. Okay. So here's what happens. <laughs> One, it's another anxious moment. It is an extremely common thing that happens. So before you say, I've overpaid for the home. Here's a real story. We have had a buyer have a appraisal come in low and they want the home. And as that night goes on, they think, well, maybe we've offered too little. They will renegotiate with the seller. And the seller in this case said no. The appraisal came in no. They accepted one of the other offers and closed at a higher price. So is there an exact science to appraising? It's a fairly wide ballpark sometime and it's a changing world. So what happens sometimes a week or two later, there's another closing at a higher price that gets reported and you start to see the trend. Okay. Banks have to be conservative by nature. They've had, we're, we're in this, by the seller's market after being in a buyer's market after a tough stretch for the banks. So they're still recovering from that slower than the market is actually recovering from that. We're, yes. we're trend setting. 
right now with prices. We're, we're in the real world, they're a little bit in the past. And, but don't be surprised. Find, if, you, if it's the values there and it's the house that you love, try to find a way that doesn't break you because maybe you, there will be more homes. Don't worry, there'll be more homes if you don't get your home. But if it's the house that you like, don't let a low appraisal scare you. Exhaust your options with your professionals to make it work. That's great. That's great advice. Um, I'm hearing stories recently. I have a friend selling a home and it sold in 24 hours from the time it went on. And she was sharing with me that she received a number of letters, personal letters, okay, sort of like my story, um, uh, with, with these buyers' offers, because there were multiple offers, saying, talking about the background of the family and sort of making a case that they should be the buyer that's chosen. Um, what's happening with all of that? I no, mean, you've, actually, you've said it, Trish, it's not new. This has been going on for a very, very long time, and especially whenever the market becomes a seller's market where the buyers are feeling that, that it's not it's not personal anymore it's just oh what's my offer right. then humanizing the process is a normal thing that's okay to do I will tell you it will not take the place of being prepared so a nice letter and a picture of your puppy <laughs> will not take the place of saying here's my pre-qualification you could speak to my team letter my, my team my members team. Yep. and I am prepared financially to close on your home by the way I do love it yes and, yes. Here, you and know, my you family could, loves my it and family we loves will it. be a great addition to the neighborhood but or we block are, <laughs> we are very prepared <laughs> terrific well thank you very much for your time today and um, I hope this uh, helps all those buyers that are out there looking as we approach the um, even hotter season the spring selling and buying season is, is upon us and uh, again, uh, this is brought to you by the Multiple Listing Service of Long Island. And uh, for a, uh, if you want to listen to this podcast again or access any kind of real estate information, uh, just visit MLSLI.com, home of the Multiple Listing Service. Thank you and have a good day.